Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more.
Hey, everybody. This is another quick hit from the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is for the uh, Saturday 723 Sleep Train Amphitheater Chula Vista show, the last show of what is basically the summer tour. And uh, here with me, this is Jonathan, of course. I have RJ and Brad. The whole gang is here. Brad was at the show last night. RJ is sad that tour is over. And Brad is on his way home, so he probably is sad, too. That's I am. Yes. <laughs> well, Brad, how's a long, depressing drive? How, how, was, uh, how uh, was last night? It was great. It was uh, a really good show. Weather was fucking perfect. Everybody around was and seemed to be enjoying themselves. Um, it's nice to go from the inside forum to an outside venue like this in Chula Vista, the Sleep Train Amphitheater. Um, Right. It's kind of close to Mexico. It's kind of out south from San Diego a little bit. Um, so got there, and there's not much else going on other than the show. There's a there's a more formal shakedown last night than there was up, up in L.A., obviously. So um, just a better start, better feel to it all. We had a good time. Again, wasn't wasn't super crowded. We got there maybe an hour. Maybe We got there maybe like seven, and you could see the lawn from the parking lot, and there was basically nobody up there already. So... Um, kind of late arriving crowd and it, it filled up obviously by the second set but um just a great time we had pit tickets last night which was great it's nice. great for us because they really amped down on the pit and um lots of room lots of space again like you know sort of fourth quarter ish second sec kind of mid second set sort of um short short versions of a lot of songs as they've been doing yeah. a lot and people a lot of people are disappointed or at least underwhelmed how did you feel after the after going the past two nights well um i mean that second set is kind of what i've been talking about for some time number one they opened it with 2001 which i think is the best place for that song Mm -hmm. and it was like 10 minutes maybe good nice jam it was a good relatively long one compared to what we've been getting so yeah absolutely and it's not that uh, you know two or three songs before the the final song of the set so um it kind of opened up the second set i thought um the the 46 days was pretty standard so yeah that did that didn't go very deep but i thought the the piper twist number one i'm always looking for the combo if one's played i like the other one and they did that last night um and it went places i thought both those both those jams were good the twist maybe slowed down a little bit but um you know overall i thought they were great jams i thought it was a good second set i don't think that backwards that number line really slowed anything down if anything it made everything a little bit lighter you know um yeah. it always puts a smile on my face to hear it live and it was good you know and, and then the hood into love cup encore forget or you know closer forget about it yeah well and you shouldn't forget the uh the carini in there too and that's yeah. like the fifth time they've paired they've gone number line carini the last time they played either the, they they played both of those together in a, at the gorge too. Um, nice. And I, I I like that pairing because you get you know the light and the dark back to back, and uh, it's you know so we have number line. Some people think it's a, p- a piss break, and then boom, Carini. Right. Back to business. Right back into the dirtiness. Yeah. So you know, in in to compare, I guess the beginning to the end of the tour. Um, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, I don't think it. Trey, Trey has it. He's got the chops. I just don't, you know, I just don't know if they're there for those deep jams anymore. At least not right now. Uh, they're they're having fun. Trey's laughing up there, bouncing, just doing his Trey thing, and um, they're having fun and and, and they're 
they're on top of it. They're playing well. Uh, Fishman obviously is, a, you know, just the pillar of consistency and excellence up there. Um, and they're having fan, fun with that ass-handed song. And yeah, you know, it's a, it's it 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 was really fun to see him. Just a great time. Um, let the let the music wash over you, and you know, get yourself clean. Yeah, I think Deep Jam's just just not currently on the menu, but they'll be back. Yeah, they're, sure. They're, it's not like they um, they don't know how to play their instruments anymore or anything weird like that. Um, well, we can't, I mean, look, the funk is there. The tube was almost ten minutes. Right. The Wolfman's was ten minutes of greatness. Um, so you know they're playing it. Um, and the, the Reba was nice, and uh, Walls yeah. of the Cave Rage. You know, yeah. uh, I thought the Forty Six Days. You know, really. It just kind of extended what they were doing with uh, 2001. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't itself particularly long, but Trey kept that same kind of d- dirty tone. And yep. Piper, he had it in there, too. And then Twist is like, oh, blues tone. And so they, they took it back a little bit. But I, yeah, fun fun show. Two mm-hmm. really fun sets. So uh, I, yep. I think you should be pretty thrilled. And how about the, uh, the tweezer reprise with the ass-handed <laughs> reprise, whatever? Yeah, you know that it it um, it was really surprising. Um, but then when they sang the lyrics, it made more sense. Right. But you know, first thing I thought of was, oh, they're gonna obviously open locking with Tweezer, right? If they're gonna do it this way. But from, when they had from the your lips to Trey's ears, yeah, right? That would be awesome. When they had the ass-handed lyrics, I thought maybe not anymore. God so what do you guys? So we're obviously <laughs> we're gonna have to do a wrap-up um, show, you know, podcast soon with with some other people, and we'll get opinions. Um, but Brad, what do you think? There's been talk about this being like, I guess, an underwhelming tour overall. If you look at like the full body of work, what do you guys both think about it? Just now that we're now that these shows are behind us. Yeah, there's no. Um, I, I don't know if it was underwhelming. I had great time at both the shows I went to, which you know isn't a ton, but um, it's what I was looking for going to a fish concert. You know what I mean? Nothing there's no like epic tome that we're going to be talking about in a couple years i don't think that came out of this tour not like the kill level falls from atlanta or the tahoe tweezer obviously um yeah but there's plenty of good music uh maybe the first half of the tour there's less of it um as they just didn't seem to be as on point then but is that what we've grown used to is them kind of warming up half the tour and then the second half is going to be solid and it depends if um we get one of those epic jams yeah it's like old dead tour you know the first first few shows are just shaking it loose um, yeah i think that you you're pretty much on point there i i'm curious and i'm thinking i'm going to go back and re-listen to some of the first part of tour and just get an idea of what it sounds like with more time and perspective um, mm-hmm. i know there are definitely some situations that were not uh well done but there was also some like like the latter part of tour, there was also some just good music, even if it wasn't deep jams. Yeah. So um, I think a revisit might add some perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Brad. On the you know the two man shows I saw, same thing. Great time, had some awesome moments, had a blast. Um, don't know if we'll go back and kind of add all the a lot of these shows to the to the uh, consistent repertoire, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, we. I feel like we're all three of us are probably our listeners are probably sick of hearing us say, you know, go have fun. Don't don't expect too much, and you'll have a blast. Right. But kind of reinforces it every time you go. You're like, oh yeah, you just go because they're it's amazing time and awesome concerts, right? 
Well, if you want to stand with your arms crossed, you can do it really cheap in your living room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can sand. even sit. You can even sit. You could sit, yeah, to really show your yeah. satisfaction. But look, for every every joy, um, you know, there's you're going to get a sloth or, a, you know, something that's fun and, and unexpected. And then you also got to expect that, that cool down. And lately, as RJ has been, you know, saying, it's like the fourth quarter cool down. And, hey, they're the ones fucking driving the ship, bro. <laughs> That's so very true. Um, uh, every number line gets a Carini. Am I good with that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. For yeah. every, that's like every 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 silver lining. There's a something something. Um, so, <laughs> Brad, what are what are we gonna um, what are we gonna treat the the audience to from last night? Well, th- there's a lot of choices. I thought. Um, I, I again like the hood. I thought the Reba peaked beautifully. The ghost was a great little end um but i think we got to go with the tube i mean the tube is what we've all been looking for for a long time um i don't know if it's the best tube ever but it's one of the longer tubes recently so it's that's definitely all special it's yeah. all we wanted yeah awesome awesome let's do it let's do it right we'll do it um jonathan any any um words from you last words from you on this this tour or or, or what's coming up next I don't know if they're last words, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I think that the, I think it's all going to be different every time we they come back out. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for Lockin. Uh, particularly this end of part of tour has, you know, made it perfectly clear that they can do this stuff if they want to, and uh, it's just a matter of what do our interests coincide with theirs. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so totally true. What about you, RJ? No, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really have been trying my hardest in the past five years, as we've talked about, to not to not look at set list the next morning or the live fish track listing and see, like, nothing over 10 minutes and think, like, all right, well, that was that was disappointing, you know? Cause right, right. It's, but it's, like, it's really hard to train yourself out of that when, like you said, Brad, that's, mm-hmm. how, that's how they've been delivering it to us for the most part for so long that it's, like... yeah. So, so I'm trying to just look, I have to kind of force myself to listen to the shows with like a little bit more objectivity and that's hard right. for music. But I, I think these, these shows have been super solid and everyone I know who's gone, like have, have been having a good time, but yeah, whether it makes it into like the annals of history, I guess, who knows, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, we're, I'm, I'm glad that we get to see him in 2016. It's cheesy, but it's true. RJ, you can just tell everybody that you hate it and you're mad. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not mad, and I didn't hate it. <laughs> Why are you mad, mad at you? I told, I told you guys, and I think I said this to Josh, who I think Josh is having his his own, um, he's processing the shows too, but um, I'd like nothing, I haven't been blown away by anything, you know? Yeah. There's n- nothing that happened this summer that I would go back and say, like, this is going in the record books. But, um, you know, that's not yeah. really, it's not the only angle, I guess. I don't know. I, I've... Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to be negative about a band that's so positively influential. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's positive in your life. So the other thing, the other um, optimistic way to look at it too is that this album's going to come out, and then they're probably going to have a fall tour, right? Like right around the same time, maybe. Sure. I, and I saw a tweet. So. Somebody implied that Fishman said to their cousin, sister's, brother's friend that the. Uh, Halloween this year is going to be the most ambitious yet. So um, sweet, man. Cling to that. Amazing. Maybe. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that will be fun. Hopefully, it'll be. It'll probably be in DC, right, Jonathan? 
Uh, no. I'm just no. kidding, dude. Sorry, wow. I, I'm not. I, I'm an optimist. I'm, I'm a fluffer or a uh, uh, apologist or any of those things. But I, I, there's no way I'm going to even imagine that that's going to happen. <laughs> It'll probably be in Phoenix, actually. That's not. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea. That's um, all in. All right. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess we're all kind of on the same page. But although Jonathan, you have been a little bit more. Um, apologetic slash positive i think about the music maybe you know if i don't like it i just don't play that track again yeah yeah that's fair there's enough negativity out in the universe uh you don't need to tell everybody how terrible a fish show is i mean that's very true that's very true um and we're we're as brad said that we're like still seeing them in 2016 it's pretty awesome um hopefully many more many more years to come but um i guess guys we need to we'll we'll talk after this and try to figure out what to do for a sort of you know mid-tour wrap-up but if people listening have ideas obviously send them our way um because we'd like to put yeah we'll do together. like a before lock-in podcast right mm-hmm. yeah we got we got yeah, we have a couple warm-up we yep. kind of have to right yeah yeah and <laughs> i think when people don't have a choice we we have to do it you know it's in our contracts so if people mm-hmm. have ideas on what we should do let us know yeah, hit us on the tweets Sweet, at uh, HFPod and, uh, or email us at that crazy long email address, <laughs> helpingfriendlypodcast at gmail.com. Is that right? That's right. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Brad, guys. drive safe. Yes. Thank you. It's All good right, to see everybody and, and good to talk to you guys. Yeah, man. Have a good trip Sweet. back. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Dave. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Unrocking. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 